Hey everybody, it's your favorite podcast, Soldiers at a Roundtable, and it's season three, starring... Hello, my name is Ridge, and I like to educate myself on the migration patterns of the New Zealand sea lion. Hey, it's Haley, and I am emotionally starved. Hey, it's Heaven, and I lick my dog. I'm Megan, and I'm in a boy band. Hi, my name is Joel, and my heart sings a secret song that only I can hear. Hi, I'm Sadie, and I came in like a wrecking ball. Hi, I'm Jaden. And I'm fine with awkward silence. Hi, I'm Nathan, and I am the life of the party. Yeah. some dumb holidays in the United States and what they should be replaced with. As most of us know, Valentine's Day is one of the most useless holidays we have. The whole meaning of Valentine's today is for companies to make a lot of money. If you're only spending time and cherishing time with your partner on Valentine's Day, then you're the problem. Go to couples therapy. Next, the holiday that I despise the most is Columbus Day. The whole spiel people say about Columbus is that he discovered America, which is simply untrue. Christopher Columbus was a homicidal tyrant. He gave women to his crew to rape, he enslaved and mutilated many indigenous peoples, he kidnapped and enslaved more than 2,000 people, caused 50,000 indigenous peoples to commit mass suicide to avoid being captured by him, his rule over the Spanish was terrible, he had a woman stripped and placed onto a donkey to be whipped, settlers under him sold nine and ten year old girls into sex slavery, and much more. If we have to have dumb holidays, you might as well have Opposites Day, National Second Monday of October Day, and National Mullet Day.
Hi everyone, my name is Joel, and welcome back to my bit, Counting Counties, where I take a random number generator and find a random county in the United States. Today, Loving County. Loving County is a county in the state of Texas. With a population of 64 for the 2020 census, it is the least populous county in the contiguous United States. Its county seat and only community is Mentone. The county was originally created in 1887, and after being disorganized in 1897, was reorganized in 1931. Prehistorically, the area had many springs with potable water that supported wildlife and nomadic hunters. From 1837 to 1874, the area of modern Loving County was part of Bexar Land District. In 1874, it was separated from Bexar County, becoming a part of Tom Green County. It was separated from Tom Green County in 1887, but for judicial purposes, it was left attached to Reeves County. It is the newest organized county in Texas. Loving County is named for Oliver Loving, a cattle rancher and pioneer of the cattle drive who along with Charles Goodnight, developed the Goodnight Loving Trail. <laughs> That's so stupid. Okay. <clears throat> he was mortally wounded by members of the Comanche Nation while on a cattle drive in 1867 in the vicinity of the county. Loving is the only county in Texas to be incorporated twice, first in 1893 and again in 1931. Its initial organization was affected by a canal company founded in Denver, Colorado, and appears to have been based upon fraud and willful misinterpretations made by the founders to state officials. After a local landowner hired New York City firm to investigate alleged improprieties in county government, the company's organizers fled, taking with them all the county records. The state legislature subsequently disincorporated Loving in 1897, attaching it to Reeves County. Oil was discovered in 1921, leading to a population increase in Loving County. By 1930, it had 195 residents, mostly living in what would become the town of Mintone, which became the county seat when Loving was reconstituted in 1931. By 1933, the population had peaked at 600, only to begin a steady decline that has continued until recently. Loving County was the home of the first elected female sheriff in Texas, Edna Reed Clayton DeWeese. DeWeese was appointed to the job in January 1945, then won an election to continue in the office through 1947. She never carried a firearm and reportedly only two arrests during her entire term. Later, she returned as county district clerk, a job she held from 1965 to 1986. After retirement, she lived on a ranch near Mintown until January 22, 2009, when she died in Del Rio. On November 17, 2020, during the COVID-19 pandemic, Loving County was the last county in the contiguous United States to confirm at least one case of COVID-19, with three cases confirmed in the area. Earlier in August, a non-resident male at a man camp was confirmed to have contracted the disease. At least two residents who had contracted the disease elsewhere returned to Loving County and were quarantined, but those cases were not counted in the county's totals. The population of Loving County, according to the 2020 U.S. Census, is 87% white, 1% Native American, 1% Hispanic or Latino, and 9% mixed or other. Loving County is served by the Wink Loving Independent School District. The county's school system was closed and consolidated into Wink's ISD in 1972 because enrollment had fallen to only two pupils.
that's all for today and i don't have an outro for this i'm probably just gonna cut this part out uh bye It was directed by Joel Cohen. It's a drama mystery th slash thriller. It's one hour and 45 minutes. Um, I mean, it's, a, it's the same time as a regular Shakespeare movie. So yeah, it scored 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience gave it an 80%. IMBD gave it 7.4 out of 10. And Metacritic gave it an 87%. Let's, let's start with some of the things that I thought were good. So the black and white sets like an almost creepy and tragic setting and the very beginning where it's like the witches you don't actually see them you just hear voice and it's like black it's it's actually when i first watched it i was really debating whether i thought this was gonna be a good movie i didn't i didn't think it would be good but it actually like it sets the scene for the rest of the movie and i think it was really well done Okay, Mark Commode said, I didn't get a five-star feeling from it. It was interesting, but Macbeth can't just be interesting. And I, I do agree with that. I do think that if it wasn't the movie that it was, like in Macbeth wasn't the story that it was, I don't think the black and white would have worked. But here, here I do think it worked. So on the opposite end of reviews, Yazar Medina says it adapts the Shakespearean tragedy with a solemn and atmospheric monochrome style that never loses its aesthetic horizon illustrated in black and white. And I, I do agree with that. It definitely really embodies the Shakespearean thing and the like the dramaticness that is needed, but also the like quietness and the secrecy. And Victor Lopez, G's review, 
says that it's an exceptional style exercise in which theater and cinema converge under overwhelming strength of its performances and the hypnotic power of Bruno del Bonal's monochrome cinematography. The black and white cinematography is great. I didn't think it was going to work, but as the movie progressed, I actually got into it. Okay. Denzel Washington, I thought, was really great for the role, and he did a fantastic job playing Macbeth. I really felt like the character was brought to life, but the um, lady who played Lady Macbeth, Francis McDormand's, like, version of her, I don't know. I, I just, I thought it was interesting. I just, I wasn't feeling it. And that's, that's not on her acting, well, eh. it, it wasn't anything against her, it just, I think, Denzel was so good that it kind of was like you could have like stepped it up a little bit girl but anyway I love King Duncan he definitely reminds me of like the, the play version of him um the witches and the scenes like with the witches were great um I really loved the like the like the oil boil cauldron something bubbles fire burning something yeah that scene was my favorite by far it um with like the lake it wasn't really it was like a whole giant cauldron with them sitting above it and like Macbeth with his feet in it it was like a whole room of like potions and stuff and I I thought that was really creepy and it like it was definitely my vibes and I loved it the sets oh my gosh those were great I would love to like transport there if they were real and I would love to live it just it looked so great and like dramatic and i've always wanted to live in like a dramatic castle but that's just me on the other side i do think the ending was weird uh i know that's like the ending of the movie but i mean like how it was portrayed so like the ending was very dramatic especially the death scene that was that was interesting um like the first death scene when he kills the dude fighting him like so the beginning of that scene it, it felt like a medieval dinner show to me. Like, the fighting, like, you know, like, when the fighting is predicted and you can, like, tell that, like, it's choreographed and it's bad? Like, where he, like, throws a punt, like, like he puts his shield up two seconds before, like, the shot is gone and it's just like, nah, nah. And, like, when he dramatically gets thrown back. Didn't, wasn't a big fan of that. Um, second fight scene on, like, that, I don't, it's not like a tower, it's like the between tower thing um like where Macbeth dies that was dramatic um I will say it did remind me of the medieval times dinner again they like clashed the swords together and were like holding it back when like making the grr face that oh my god flashbacks medieval times dinner and like laughed so bad but um uh his head chopping was great and all like probably to you but um I don't know if I needed the upside down head carrying to like the new king of Scotland. It just, I don't know. I've never seen someone carry like their prized head upside down. That's just not something I've seen before. And it was, was also just a note on like Macbeth and his like crown forgers. Um. Whoever made that probably needs to get fired because a crown should not fall off that easily when you get your head dropped off. I feel like if you're going to buy a crown, you need to know that's going to stay on when your head's gone. So overall, I think it was a good movie once the beginning like passed 
Um, and then the ending, that was a little, a little rough. But I do agree with um, IMBD's rating of 7.4 out of 10. I think Denzel Washington really bumped up the score for me. And, and also the black and white and the witches. Everything else would have been lower. But I do think it was a good movie. And it is worth watching if you are a Shakespeare lover. That has been Movie Reviews with Jaden. Thank you for listening and come back. We're going to be looking at some uh, interesting song mashups. And trust me, they're interesting. And sometimes horrifying, but only sometimes. Now, the first song on the list is actually by the group uh, Pomplamus. They did a great job of mashing up two songs that I would think just don't go together. Sweet Dreams by Eurythmics, and Seven Nation Army, which, unless you've lived under a rock, is by the White Stripes. So, yeah. These are two songs that are... They sound... I don't know. They're not the two songs that I would have, like, expected this kind of mashup to be about. But, dude. It is not only such a great concept, it is executed in a truly phenomenal manner. Take a listen. The next song on our list, while probably not executed uh, executed as well as that, is still really, really interesting. Uh, it's a mashup that, you know, it actually does make sense, like why these two songs would mix. Viva La Vida by Coldplay and Bastille. Well, but no, not Bastille by Pompeii. Pompeii by Bastille. Now, the, what makes these really interesting is because, you know, if you've passed history class, you know that the Bastille was a prison in France. It was stormed at the start of the French Revolution. And what's really interesting is that Viva La Vida is supposed to be, like, inspired by this, you know, uh, well, according to the interwebs, it's supposed to be inspired by this, uh, by this speech that the last king of France supposedly gave before he was executed. Now, in reality, he was cut off because people were like, yo, let's chop off his head now. France, go France. You're good at surrendering and killing people. Although you really don't kill people when they're attacking you. But that's neither here nor there. The song, because the two songs are actually pretty similar, like thematically and in style. But the mashup works really, really well. And the walls kept tumbling down in the city that we love. 
song is, uh, hmm, interesting. Uh, someone had the bright idea of taking two sad, pop, kinda, songs, art, artsy pop songs, Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People, and Somebody That I Used to Know by Got Ye, Got, Got Ye, Got Ye, yeah, I have no idea how to pronounce that, so, you know, and I'm too lazy to look that up for this, uh, for this segment, so who cares, besides, they're Australian, you know, no, no one cares, uh, anyways, yeah, I mean, you can make, uh, <laughs> jokes about both of these songs, but, weirdly enough, they actually fit together, they're like that sad, angry, sort of, they sound like, uh, it, they sound dark, but, like, the mashup works really, really well. Next song, <laughs> the next song is truly, I, I, I say this with the maximum amount of conviction that I can possibly have, this next mashup is pure art. Like, this, this is what the guy who played the first note was thinking of, like, in his head somewhere. This is what I want, you know, this thing called music to become someday. This is beautiful. The two songs that are probably the most opposite each other in human history, uh, Down With The Sickness by Disturbed, and Shape Of You, which is obviously by Ed Sheeran, who is kind of like the opposite of <laughs> metal in every possible way. But the two songs, I guess they have the same BPM or something, because it... it it just, it works so well, especially the intro part of Disturbed that drops, instead of, you know, the, the guitar, it, 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 it drops into a, the opening bars of, of Shape of You, and it's amazing. Take a listen. Oh, <laughs> is where we've transitioned from quality music to really, really stupid memes that people have made. Uh, yeah. So, there's this thing out there that says, you know, All Star, yeah. the Shrek song, can go with literally any song ever. People have, I've heard mashups with everything from Royals to Never Gonna Give You Up. And all of them sound weirdly, like, actually good. This one is just... It's All-Star mashed up with Faded by Alan Walker, and it, 
I don't know how to feel, but it works. But it really has no business working. But it's cool. It's cool that it works. Take a listen. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. Only shooting stars break the mold. Alright, the next song is... Just, just, I don't, it, it's, it's art, if we're being honest. This is actually, like, a thing of beauty that this guy has created. Basically, the three meme songs, Africa by Toto, All Star by Smash Mouth, again, and uh, Wonderwall, and mashed up, it's good. It's actually, like, it's a complete meme. Probably not the best quality music, but dude, it is hilarious. And just an amazing thing. Someone actually thought to do this. Have a listen. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Because maybe... Okay, so I, I I'm not even sure if we can call this next song a uh, quote unquote song. It it's it plays more like a war crime than a song. There is a part, I, I believe it was Manuel Noriega. The U.S. was trying to get him out of a cave system he was holed up in. So they set up giant uh, giant speakers and blared hard rock mu- music like 24-7 into the cave uh, where Noriega was holed up in. And uh, he came out eventually because, yeah, that that's loud. But I feel like if you tried doing this, you would get slapped with just a lawsuit for cruel and unusual punishment, and, like, violating the Geneva Convention. This is so horrific. And the fact that it actually kind of works together just makes it even more disturbing. Someone had the... I don't want to say bright, because this is more like a very, very dark idea. Someone had the dark idea of slapping together the two worst songs in human history. Savage Love, uh, it's the BTS remix, but still, it's terrible and objectively the worst song ever heard by human ears photograph by nickelback it's um yeah it it's just a war crime listen at your own risk You know what? It's nowhere near Christmas. It's it's technically, you know, 
like almost yeah it's actually like over a month now since christmas i don't care i don't care about relevance let's have a christmas mashup because it's fun and because this mashup is awesome you see okay this person who i i might actually love some youtuber i forgot his channel name did one of the greatest things ever done for humanity in history and decided to take you know arguably the most annoying song in existence uh mariah carey's you know all i want for christmas which is the most overplayed christmas song and if you play this before thanksgiving you are a monster you you don't deserve to live okay stop it get some help but for those of you who are like me and uh good people and hate the song well someone put this up on youtube it's 4.6 million views it's Mariah Carey's Oh, For Christmas Is You, mashed up with, of all songs, Welcome to the Black Parade. Because, of course, My Chemical Romance is exactly what you think of when you think of Mariah Carey. Apparently, this person thought like that, and honestly, I'm glad. The world is better for this song. And just, just take a listen, you'll, you'll understand what I mean. guest i actually did not make all of these songs wow shocker i even mentioned that the first song was made by a band called pomplamoose they're also on youtube go check them out they're that it's a really cool song that you should hear in full not just a little clip i took from it okay yeah like seriously the people who made these deserve a lot of credit because this took more effort than i am willing to put into this little podcast uh podcast segment so i did not make my own they made their own, so I, I figured at the end of the podcast, we may as well go ahead and credit them. Uh, so, it, this is sort of out of order, but you, you'll understand why in a minute. So, the Coldplay and Bastille, Viva, Lompe, Viva La Pompeii mashup uh, was by Dakota Mashups on YouTube. Pumped Up Kicks and Somebody That I Used to Know was by Night Owl, also on YouTube. The Faded All-Star, which is, you know, Smash Mouth and Alan Walker meet, or I said maybe it is a meme. Uh, mashup is Mashup 115 on YouTube. Africa, but it's Ulster, but it's Wonderwall, which is, you know, okay. I, I just have to say that you know exactly what song I'm talking about. That's by LFL Anthony on YouTube. Then Savage Photograph, the end, that song, the Welcome to the Christmas Parade, which is Mariah Carey, My Chemical Romance. And then the Ed Sheeran and Disturbed Shape of the Sickness mashup. All those were by. A guy named One Board J U, One Board J E U. I have no idea how to pronounce that. So One Board J E U mashup. He has a lot of cool. He has a lot of cool stuff. I'd, I'd go check him out. Anyways, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening. And now, 
I'm gonna leave. Welcome to Cooking with Megan, where I, a terrible cook, attempts to make food and then has people try it. On today's episode, I'll be making pigs in a blanket, but I'll be sprucing it up and making it Christmassy by adding some extra seasoning to the dough. So after a little bit of research, um, I guess a popular thing to do for pigs in a blanket is to add everything bagel seasoning. Um, I don't have that and it's too late for me to go get it. So I'm just gonna try and like work with what I have and see if I have anything that goes in it. So for that, I'm gonna be using um, some onion flakes, some minced garlic, um, and then some Italian seasoning. So right now my dough's in a bowl and I'm preheating the oven. So now I'm going to add in the seasoning and mix it with the dough. And then I'll roll the pigs in a blanket and we'll see how it turns out. Okay, mixing this together is just not it for me. It like kind of reminds me of when making slime was a big trend. Um, I hate slime because it just feels bad. Like certain sensory things just bother me and this is one of those things, it's like ugh. It's all mushy and cold and gross. All right, now that I'm done mixing in the seasoning, which I, I know I added too much because I didn't really go with measurements. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna dump it in the bowl and then I'll just dip the dough in the seasoning and mix it around. And that's what I did, but it's looks like it's a lot. It's a lot, uh, but now I'm gonna roll it and then I'll cut out the little pieces and roll the pigs in a blanket in there and then it'll be fine. I accidentally dumped a really large portion of some Italian seasoning into the dough. So chances are it's going to be really, really, really strong seasoning, um, but you'll know it's there. So it won't get washed out. It will definitely not get washed out. I mean, the Italian seasoning is like greenish, like dark. Um, and dough is dough, it's pretty light. You can't see, it's just darkness. It's just dark seasoning. So, um, I'm gonna work with it. I'm gonna flatten out the dough and start rolling. All right, well, the dough that I have is like pre-made, like ready to go, and so flattening it and stuff doesn't really work because it just moves back. To, it's like it's alive. It just kind of like scrunches back together. So I'm having to push really, really hard. But um, I've got some of the pieces done and I rolled them. And so it looks fine. It's just a lot of seasoning on there. It looks kind of like little ants and it looks really gross, but it probably tastes okay. Okay, well rolling it um, actually ended up going pretty well. Nothing tragic happened. So everything's gonna go into the oven um, and then it'll be done and I'll just have somebody try it. All right, I've got everything out of the oven. Um, it looks good. I feel like it's actually not bad, probably because I didn't do a whole lot cooking-wise, but whatever. Um, and I actually did not get the chance to record somebody from the school's reaction uh, because we went on Thanksgiving break. So I'm going to have my brother, Ben, react to this food this time. And Ben used to be on the podcast, so I'm going to bring him back on to try my terrible cooking. Okay, so now we have Ben. Um, former podcast star uh, reviewing my pigs in a blanket with seasoning. So Ben, dig in. You have to rate it. Okay, on a scale of what? One to ten. Alright, here we go. He's having it with mustard, by the way. I don't know if that offends anybody, but we'll see. Look, mustard is the only way to eat pigs in a blanket. Anybody who thinks differently is wrong. Here we go. I think differently. Then you're crazy. He's 
pondering. Going in for a second fight. Silence so far. That means it's good or it sucks. Hmm. Still no feedback for Ben. Hmm. Got any words? Mm-hmm. Okay. We want... We want 100% honesty? Yeah, 110. Eight. Eight. I'll give it an eight. A solid okay. eight. That's solid. That's one of the highest ratings that I've gotten on food so far. Hey, thank you, Benneford. You're welcome. Um, cool. Well, there you go, guys. I cooked-ish again. Hey, it's Carter here, and if some of y'all haven't noticed, it's New Year's yet. And with New Year's, it comes with New Year's resolutions, which are basically resolutions that people set for themselves, like losing weight, going on a diet, exercising, which are resolutions that people will, like, say they're gonna do, but we all know it only lasts for about a week, and then they just decide to stop because they want to eat their, their McDonald's french fries. Anyways, today I'm going to be asking people what their resolution is around school. But before I do that, I'm going to explain what a New Year's resolution is. So anyways, a New Year's resolution basically came from ancient Rome, from the god of Janus to celebrate the New Year. And the Romans would make promises to Janus for the tradition of their New Year's resolution on January 1st, which started the new year, basically. So that kind of sums that up. I'm going to go around school asking people what their New Year's resolution is. And I hope I have fun doing it, and I hope y'all have fun enjoying it. What is all y'all's New Year's resolution? Um, to, you know, eat a bunch of cherry pits and get cyanide poisoning. You know? Same bestie. <laughs> How about you, Katie? <laughs> Material girl. Material girl. Uh, same. Damn. What about you? I don't know. Like this. <laughs> so that all sounds cool, but I think all y'all need to lighten on the coffee. <laughs> and the sugar. And clearly y'all have some mental health problems, but I'm not gonna... Yeah, because it's. It, it, I will. Hi, I have Sadie here. What is your New Year's resolution? Be better at math. That sounds really cool and all, but I think you should actually start showing up to school more. Because why not? <laughs> Thank you. Hi, I'm Coach Michael here. What is your New Year's resolution? New Year's resolution? I don't really have one. I haven't thought of it. I, really, I don't really do New Year's resolutions. I, I do fasting. I always do the fasting. I always, I always like that. Uh, 
fasting up from Fat Tuesday all the way to uh, the Easter, uh, Good Friday. But I don't really do New Year's resolutions. I don't know why I don't. I just never really have, so I don't really have one. If I was going to have one, I would say that I would, I would like to lose some weight. You know, how much weight, I mean, you know, like lose maybe 10, 15 pounds, I guess. I feel like I'm a little too heavy. My knees hurt, my back hurt. And so I guess my new resolution, if I was going to have one, would be to lose weight, even though I've never done one. That sounds really cool and all, but if I think the best one you need to pick is picking a better sport than soccer. <laughs> so, there's no better sport than soccer. I don't know. It doesn't exist. Soccer, soccer is known as the beautiful game. You take away the beautiful game, then all you know, take away the beauty is what you got. Nothing but ugly. So, so no, 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 soccer is a beautiful game. In fact, that's why I like to lose some weight. I don't like to play soccer again. I found out there's an over 50 league. And I didn't know there was an over 50 league. I, I played over 30 until I was in my 40s. And then I just got too slow. But now there's an over 50 league. I, I think I can play with 50 of them. So I like to lose about 10, 15 pounds and try to play with That's my New Year's resolution. Lose 15 pounds and play in the over 50 league before next year. I just made it. I'm, I'm going to commit to that. That is it. New Year's resolution. Play over 50 soccer before next year. That sounds really cool. I think I might go to one of those games if oh, you do go. I will let you all know when I'm playing. I'd love for you to come watch. I'm loud. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would, would be pretty so funny. Right. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. I hope y'all enjoyed me and basically, well, not really insulting people, but insulting them without insulting them, seeing what their reactions are. I would do more of a, our school is technically like, not really two people, but it kind of is at this point, especially during these times. So I hope y'all enjoyed this. I wish I could do more, but I really couldn't. But I hope y'all enjoyed it. So have a great day, y'all.
everybody. This is the end of our podcast. I hope you've had an elated time listening to Soldiers at a Round Table. <laughs>